0: Sumner studio. My recommendation is in honor of the British Bodie McBoatface. It's uh, Sonny McCarface. Broadcasting live in Boone, North Carolina on 90.5 WASU FM. You're driving and you think you start getting hungry and you're like, oh, I have a Dunkin' Donuts app on my car. Why not I just buy 12 donuts? Around the world on iHeartRadio and WASUradio.com It's astonishing what you've done. You managed to have a three-car pileup on a road with a speed limit of 25 miles per hour. We're right in front of the police station too, so uh, congratulations! This is Loopy Radio. This is Loopy Radio. This is Loopy Radio. I'm Loopy. Back again for another week of stuff. That's really the only word I've got for it. Stuff. It's September nineteenth, twenty eighteen. It is nine oh one. Here in the beautiful city of Boone, North Carolina, where we have seemingly told the hurricane to go away, that, you know that's as, about as simple as it got. You know, they, the entire last week, all last week was for the eastern part of this country was uh, the hurricane, Hurricane Florence, especially for the Carolinas. You know, because that's where that's where it went. That's where it was expected to go, but nobody really expected it to take. The course that it did take, uh, people were saying, you know, it's going to be a Category 4, Category 5, even, uh, hurricane. But uh, by the time it hit land, it was a Category 1. And then it uh, went farther south than was expected. And then by the time it got to the mountains, it just kind of dissipated. And then all just went north toward Pittsburgh. Now, that, that said... Uh, the eastern part of the state got hit hard. It was only a Category 1, and it still hit the eastern part of North Carolina and South Carolina pretty, pretty bad. I just can't imagine what it would have done if it was a Category 4 or Category 5. And the, the big problem we're having, you know, the wind uprooted trees and Knock down stuff, but what we're looking at for the bad stuff for the eastern part of our state is um, the flooding, and it's not over. You know, flooding isn't something that just happens immediately. You got to have build up to it. So what we're still waiting for is uh, for all the flooding to happen. Frankly, uh, you know, because the stuff that I mean, it, it rained up here in Boone certainly. But, uh, you know, it's going to take some time for the water to go down, obviously, to the eastern side of the state. So water levels, especially in places like uh, Fayetteville and um, Wilmington, other places on the coast, getting toward the coast, river levels, flood levels are expected to rise uh, now and over the next little bit. I think it was... It, I can't remember which river it was. But it's the river that goes through Fayetteville, and I was talking to someone, and they said that the uh, the water level in that river was at, like, 28 feet. It's pretty high. Well, the flooding point is 30. Okay, so it's two feet below flooding stage. Right. And then the question pops up, you know, how much is it expected to rise to? Because it was at 28 feet. Flood stage is 30. The water for that river is expected to rise to 60 feet. 30 feet above flood stage. 30. And that's, that's not affecting things right next to the river. That's not just affecting things right next to the river. That is affecting things for a very wide radius. You're talking about a normal river that, you know, stays within its boundaries, mostly spreading out a mile. So things that would never, ever expect to get flooded from this river are going to get flooded. So hurricanes don't just bring wind. They don't just bring a ton of rain. They don't just bring tornadoes. They don't just bring lightning. They bring flooding. And for the the, the eastern part of the state, that's what we're, that's exactly what we are experiencing right now. And we're just going to, we're going to see how bad it gets. I mean, there's no way of knowing exactly how bad it's going to get, We'll find out. I'm glad that uh, Boone really experienced nothing from this. Um, We were off. Off school. App State was out on Thursday and Friday. Both of those days were sunny with no clouds. Uh, It rained latter part of Saturday. We rained on Sunday. Uh, It got fairly bad at a few points on Sunday. I'm not going to say absolutely nothing happened, but... uh, it did get fairly bad a little bit on Sunday. And then uh, Monday and Tuesday, they called off school because everyone was expecting that rain to get worse. Sunday's rain to get worse. So I understood having Monday and Tuesday off. But it like nothing happened Monday and Tuesday. It was great. So I'm coming fresh off of basically a week Off of school. I'm not gonna tell you I'm upset by that. But man, some of my classes are just screwed up as a result. I'm loopy. I'm loopy. We are on the brink of witnessing history. brink i mean we're five years away but yes this would be history what we're talking about here is private space flight it is going to happen uh there is a deal that i believe a deal has been worked out between spacex elon musk's company outer space company that's been launching rockets on contract for the u.s and nasa for several years successfully and a japanese billionaire Named Yusaku maizawa He wants SpaceX to fly him and uh, a few others around the moon. And it looks like SpaceX, Elon Musk, the company, they're all for it. This is something they've been wanting to do for a while. It's uh, something that, I don't know, are we past due for this? It, it it was a while ago that the U.S. sent several trips of people to the moon, and those people didn't just fly around the moon. They got onto the moon, planted an American flag, and hit a golf ball, among many other actually productive things. I mean, no, I'm, I'm not saying it's bad to put the American flag on the moon or hit a golf ball on the moon. I'm all for that. But, uh, yes, they actually did some science as well. Brought back some, you know, some moon rocks and stuff like that. But what we're looking at here is not a government agency sending someone to the moon for a research or just to show another country that they're better. We're talking about someone with a lot of money. Maizawa is a billionaire, someone with a lot of money, deciding, you know what, I'm going to spend the money. I'm going to do this. I am going to go fly around the moon, which you can't do with a normal airplane. You know, you need a rocket. You need a rocket that not only goes to the atmosphere, but goes into outer space. And uh, I don't think NASA would do it, even if this guy contacted them and said, I'll pay you. But uh, Elon Musk will at least make it look like he's going to make it happen. Uh, Not everything Elon Musk does uh, turns to gold, but we'll see. I'm excited. We're on the brink. They're really thinking about it. It's only five years away, and in, in terms of... Sending someone to outer space basically from scratch, five years is pretty quick. This isn't a walk in the park. Fox News wrote an article that says SpaceX CEO Elon Musk announced Monday night, just two days ago, entrepreneur Yusaku Maizawa would be the first private person to fly solo uh, around the moon aboard the company's big Falcon rocket, the BFR launch vehicle. That's not totally right. It's not a solo fly around. There will be several others in there. Maizawa is a 42-year-old from Japan. He's a billionaire. He founded the company uh, Zozo Town, which is an online retail shop. Those seem to make people a lot of money these days. The excited future space traveler uh, said at an event, I choose to go to the moon. And that's a big—that's— that's the revolutionary part of this. This person just said, I am want to go. I'm going to pay someone to get me there. I don't need to work for this. I don't need to become an astronaut. I don't need to be a scientist or a teacher. I am just going to pay for it. And I'm going to go to the moon. I choose to go to the moon. He said the trip will take place in 2023, giving him plenty of time to prepare. I'll touch on that later in the show. This isn't going to outer space. Whether you're an astronaut or a scientist or, a, or just a billionaire who wants to go. This isn't something that you can just do and um, it's not like sitting in your car. It's not like for Mizawa sitting in his Maybach and being served champagne. We're, we're talking about going into outer space. Something that is really in every single way completely different than being on Earth. You really cannot simulate outer space on Earth properly. You just can't. And I'll t- I'll touch on that in a bit. The article says the BFR, uh, the big Falcon rocket, is SpaceX's upcoming, so it doesn't even exist yet, upcoming two-stage reusable spaceship system that will weigh 9.7 million pounds. And this is the big part. This is... This is the big part about this rocket. It will be capable of taking 330,000 pounds of payload to Mars and lower Earth orbit. The BFR announced in uh, September of 2017, so a year ago, eventually will replace SpaceX's other launch vehicles, the Falcon 9 and Falcon Heavy, as well as its Dragon spacecraft. Those are the ones that are making headlines currently the big falcon rocket is gonna if it uh, comes into fruition man that's gonna be one heck of a thing and i'm just so glad that it's american so i feel like so many big technological things these days are not completely american but uh complaints are not about spacex you know it's completely american and we're putting all this stuff together that just makes it so much more exciting for me personally All right, the show's loaded today. When we come back, the Appalachian Police Academy. Something through App State. Now, I talked about it last semester and uh, got a little follow-up for us, so uh, this will be exciting. I'll be back. I'm Loopy. I'm Loopy. The last semester, it was basically breaking news on Loopy Radio. Not really. But I was, I, uh, I talked about this the day, I believe, that the article came out. And it was the announcement of several new programs at App State. And uh, one of them was the uh, Appalachian Police Academy, which is something that goes through App State. I believe you have to be a uh, an App State student in order to be part of this. And I think it is a brilliant, brilliant idea. It was originated, uh, I believe it was at Indiana, IU, Indiana University. One of their formal faculty, uh, who, as you can probably predict, did it there, came here and decided he wanted to start it here. And basically what it is, I think it's a super smart idea, especially because we have a criminal justice program here. But. What they do is, is uh, you're a student. This might not be perfect. Okay. I don't know that much about it, but I do like it. You have to be a student. Um, and uh, you take this, I believe, you know, they call it like an internship. But it, it's not, it's not at all pointless. You learn a lot of skills. It's basically the basic level training to become a police officer. And uh, you actually get some uh, legit notoriety by the end of it. I think it's a wonderful idea. And not not only is it a good way to kind of multitask while you're in college, getting certified in official things that you're going to need to be certified in later, I think is a no-brainer to do in college if you're able to. But – not only on that kind of standpoint is it a good idea, but I think it's a great idea because you know you, you hear so much in the past few years about you know how people and police, a lot of people think that people and police are just kind of in different places and that um, we need police officers that you know care about the people. I don't agree with all that. I do absolutely understand that there are some people out there that shouldn't be police officers. Yeah, absolutely. Just like how there are some people in politics who shouldn't be in politics. There's some people who are doctors who shouldn't be doctors. People who are teachers that really shouldn't be teachers. There are kids that are doing talk radio that shouldn't be doing talk radio. And, uh, you know, yeah absolutely you know the you need to find ways to I don't to get real people uh, who want who genuinely want to have the job give them the job and train them well you know let's try to get the right people in there and I think you know how on earth do you do that how on earth do you assure that you know you're getting the perfect people to do these crucial things that we need I think this is a good way to start the Appalachian Police Academy trying to get students to help uh, help out the police force in a small town where the police force is really small, where the college students outnumber the people who live in town by several thousand now, now that we've hit 19,000 students, and just helping these students along the way. You know, I'm sick of hearing of people who go through college, get their degree, come out. You know, it gets to be time where they need to start looking for a job, and they just say, "I absolutely do not know what I'm going to do with my life." Like, it's pointless. It's absolutely pointless. I'm on the complete opposite side of the spectrum. Part of me is wondering what would happen if I started applying for jobs now. If I got the job that seemed like a good starter job for me, would it be worth leaving college? That's the complete other side of the spectrum of I have just finished college. I don't know what to do. That. That signifies a waste of at least four years of your life. If you get out of college and don't have anywhere to go and don't know what to do. You have literally just invested four years of your life and a lot of somebody's money, whether it's yours or your parents or whatever, someone who's given you a scholarship. You wasted their money. You wasted four years of your life. if You're getting out of college and don't know what you're doing. Being all Debbie Downer. But you can find this article on, uh, on the Police Academy on Watauga Democrats website, I believe. 21 Appalachian State University students graduated this 21 of them entered the program at a 100 success rate it was 13 weeks they call it getting up uh, at dawn for physical training working all day on this they graduated on august 25th fairly recently they're becoming members at, in doing this they are now members of the appalachian police department and are certified north carolina police officers all do to the Appalachian Police Development Program, the APDP. I think this is excellent. Academy graduate Bryce Helms, a senior criminal justice major from Monroe, said the program was a confidence builder, allowed her to reach out and help people, learned a variety of knowledge and skills, among them North Carolina law and general statutes, pretty valuable if you're a uh, police officer how to drive a car and control it at a high rate of speed that's something i didn't really think about you definitely got to learn how to do that if you're gonna be a police officer how to defend yourself and others in tight situations and how to shoot a firearm yeah cops need those people and uh you need to learn how to shoot it properly whether that's learning how to shoot it or how to make good decisions and i feel like this kind of an academy is good for both of those all right it's almost 9:30 i'll be right back people i'm loopy i'm loopy yusaku mizawa japanese billionaire Going to make history, potentially, in 2023. Wants to be a private person to fly around the moon. And they're going to try to get uh, Elon Musk's SpaceX to take care of the, the deal. From The Verge, we're now talking about, this is an article talking about what they might want to expect as they get in outer space, because there really is, you cannot simulate this on Earth because we have gravity. And even these places that simulate anti-gravity, it's uh, not quite the real deal. It's kind of like the difference between driving a car in a video game and driving a car. Yeah, a lot of it is, uh, you know, similar. But uh, no, it's not. It's not the same. Maizawa and a group of artists who are probably going to take many photos. uh, She anticipates some things from The Verge. A little update on the... uh, on the travel itself, Elon Musk anticipates that the flight will last between four and five days as the tourist, will trace a figure eight around the Earth and the moon and back again. These tourists can expect nausea, a small dose of radiation, and possibly friction among their group as a result of their isolation. I remember a Top Gear episode where... Uh, Two guys, uh, James May and Jeremy Clarkson, drove a car to the North Pole, you know, a place that's just like snow and ice for as far as you can see in every direction, nothing else, just them two in a car. And uh, one thing that one of the experts that they talked to said before they went is, um, you know, it's very possible that you'll develop an irrational hatred for the other person. Uh, because it's just you two. And that's literally it. For days. Apparently, part of human nature now is that, uh, you know, if, if that's literally all you have, something that the other person does is just going to linger and cause you to hate them irrationally, even if you don't want to. You just start to uh, develop a a uh, dislike among them. This trip is going to be 4 to 5 days. Granted they're going to have some beautiful things to look at, but since you're talking about such a great distance over such a long period of time, the changes in scenery aren't going to be super fast. At times it may seem kind of slow, especially in the middle period between the earth and the moon where the moon doesn't seem like it's growing very much and the Earth doesn't seem like it's getting small quickly enough. Four to five days. I'll get uh, into why they might experience these things here in just a moment. The article says that um, the short duration of the trip means that space tourists won't have to worry about things that plague astronauts on longer stays in outer space. But Maezawa and his artist posse probably won't develop vision changes or lose bone mass or muscle tone like astronauts do over months in microgravity of the space station, the International Space Station. That's one thing I remember. Some astronaut was up there for years or maybe it was a year. They brought him back down and dude had a lot of rehab to do because you're in what they call microgravity because the. International Space Station is in a, it's still, like, barely within the Earth's pole. Uh, you know, so you have a little bit of gravity there. But when you're at no gravity, you know, your body doesn't need the body that's calibrated to Earth. It all it needs is a body that's calibrated to space. So you'll you lose muscle tone because you're just not loo- using your muscles as much bone mass kind of the same way there's less pressure you don't need it just like if if we were on jupiter uh which isn't possible but if we were uh, that's a lot more gravity than earth so we'd all be ripped or we'd all be just huge or we wouldn't exist which is the truth of the matter Uh, it's just not possible but yeah this trip is just a short duration four to five days May seem like a while on day three, uh, but, yeah, compared to, you know, other missions to space up till this point, you know, this is or current space missions. This is a very short duration. It's a private flight. They have no space station to stop at. They're just in their capsule. Four to five days. They're not going to expect vision changes, bone loss, bone loss, muscle tone loss. And uh, it is said that any participant going into space should be prepared for some motion sickness and being a little confused about where up and down is. That's one thing I really didn't think about. You know, when there's no gravity, when there's no, like, base to stand on that's kind of set, even though the Earth actually is moving and spinning very fast, you know, when you're standing... If you're standing on the floor in your kitchen, you know where up is, and you know where down is. And if uh, if you don't by now, then you've got some serious issues. Uh, but when you're in outer space, what is up and what is down? Up compared to what and down compared to what? Good question. Big questions being asked here on Loopy Radio. All right, I'll be right back with a little bit more of this. And uh, bye-bye to a beloved North Carolina company when we come back. I'm Loopy. So if you are a billionaire... And uh, you own an online shopping giant. And you want to go to outer space. How do you prepare yourself for such an environment? Well, the answer to that is that you can't. It's just not possible. And here's a little insight onto why. We're still uh, with The Verge here. Trying to figure out, uh, you know, what this might be like. Now they say, just at the start, you're going to run into a challenge that uh, is unusual. And that's uh, when there's a liftoff. The force of acceleration you'd feel in the rocket is up to three times the force of gravity they're used to, just normally. They call that three G's. That can put a strain on the heart as it struggles to pump blood to the extremities in the head. If the passengers aren't positioned correctly, they uh, wouldn't get enough blood in the brain and they could pass out. And even in worse cases, they uh, could also have a heart attack if their heart isn't healthy enough for the strain. And, uh, you know, an expert in this article says you don't want people fainting or having heart attacks. And, uh, well, apart from the, um, you know, just kind of the, no, duh, you know, you don't want that, of course. No, I want people to have heart attacks. No, see, you don't want that. But not only do you not want it just because you don't want someone to have a heart attack, but you don't want it because, quote, you're stuck along for the ride. Four or five days. Let's say one of the people does have a heart attack on liftoff. You can't just like. You can't do anything. They got. They're staying. They're there. You can't. You can't get rid of it. You know. Can't get rid of them. Uh. Yeah. That's just part of the part of the reality. You need to avoid this kind of stuff. So, they need to learn how to prepare for liftoff. They also need to um, have a lot of tests done to make sure that they can actually do it. It's important. After the rocket stops accelerating and microgravity sets in, the passengers will feel weightless. And, uh, that's when, um, you can start feeling some, uh, I guess this wouldn't be motion sickness. This would be, like, anti-motion sickness. You know, there's really no motion because you're in uh, a vacuum, basically. No gravity. Little to no gravity. They say, uh... A NASA expert said it can be a little disconcerting if you're not prepared. She says astronauts, well, the article says the astronauts who've been to space a few times have an easier time adjusting, you know, because they're used to it. But rookies like Mizawa and the artists who join him won't know how their bodies will react. Everyone reacts differently from what it sounds like. They say that there's no earthly analog to space, no, space motion sickness not seasickness, not roller coasters. They say that we're terrestrial beings. We walk on flat surfaces, or if you're in Boone, there are no flat surfaces, but you still walk. We have a horizon. Our organs of equilibrium are dependent on gravity. So there's no way to remove gravity while you're on Earth and say, well, that's how you feel. The closest you can get, I've seen a, um, a documentary where they actually went inside this. It's called the Vomit Comet. It's not that vile. It's a plane that um, does a certain motion while it's flying at a high rate of speed. And the back of the plane is basically a giant padded area. And you're wearing, like, guards and stuff, possibly. And um, when the plane does this rapid motion, for about 20 to 30 seconds... There's basically no gravity in that area inside the plane. And whoever's back there starts floating around. It's crazy. If you can find YouTube videos of this, it's insane. And apparently that's the closest you can get to simulating no gravity uh, without being you know, well outside of the Earth. And that's only 20 to 30 seconds. And, you know, if, if you're going to get outer space sickness... Then um, anti-motion sickness. Then, you know, it may take longer than 20 or 30 seconds. So you may take a trip on this plane and be like, yeah, I'm fine. Yeah, Yeah, maybe. Or maybe you take a trip on this plane and go, wow, after two seconds, I wasn't feeling too good. Well, (laughs) that might uh, be a little tip as to uh, whether or not you'll enjoy your outer space voyage as much as you would like to. Even if I was feeling sick, man, being in outer space would just be an unforgettable experience. That'd be one of those things where, like, you go on a trip and most of it was just really cruddy and you were sick. But a few super good things happen. Those are really the memories that stay. That would absolutely be what a trip to outer space would be. Unforgettable. Unbelievable. Man, if I was a billionaire and there was a company that said, yeah, we'll do this, we'll take you to outer space. Why would I say no to that? Why aren't Why aren't more billionaires doing this? And I think the real reason is because it's uh, dangerous and sketchy, and unproven. If this trip goes well, goes a complete success, and Mizawa goes down in the history books along with Elon Musk, then we'll see other people signing up. We'll see like every ticket being bought for decades in advance, without a doubt pretty neat and uh, they'll be able to tell us just uh, what kind of experience it really is in outer space when we return uh, when we return a company from my hometown is finally leaving i don't think it really qualifies as boon news but it's pretty important And it's kind of sad. We'll get to it in a minute. The company's called Family Dollar. And I'm Loopy. I'm Loopy. Alright, so it's the end of an era. Family Dollar is to close the Matthews headquarters. 900 jobs are affected by this. From the Charlotte Observer. Three years after buying Family Dollar, Dollar Tree is closing the Matthews headquarters uh, of the retail giant, which was started by the Levine family. I don't know if they have a, a building up here. That'd be a good thing to find out. The Levine family, they're huge in Charlotte. It's like the Levines and the Blumenthals seem to have a stake in absolutely everything. They had a stake in the Panthers. Uh, They almost continue to have a stake in the Panthers through this new um, purchase by David Tepper. But he bought 100% of it just because he could. So the retail giant was started by the Levine family. It was sold three years ago to Dollar Tree. And there's this big headquarters in Matthews, and, um, which is a suburb of Charlotte. It's just south of Charlotte. 900 local jobs are affected. They're shutting this thing down. In a statement Tuesday, Dollar Tree said it is offering about 700 Family Dollar employees the opportunity to relocate to its consolidated headquarters in Chesapeake, Virginia. Now, that's about 700 people get that opportunity. We're talking about affecting 900 jobs. The company said, though, that it will provide job transition benefits and outplacement services to the affected workers. All Matthews employees were notified of the move in a town hall meeting on Tuesday morning, yesterday morning. Dollar Tree says the consolidation of its headquarters is, is expected to be completed by fall of 2019. Just a year from now. It's going to be weird going back home and seeing that uh, the headquarters not being used. Not there. I. uh, Yeah, it's just weird. All right. We got other weird outer space news just because we can. This is from Fox News. So you can um, agree to call it fake if you want to, because you think Fox News is from the devil. Planet nine might exist. Nine planets in our solar system as opposed to just eight But it might be hiding currently, you know, in quotes, hiding behind Neptune. There's a ton of evidence. uh, Fox News says there's a ton of evidence building uh, for a Planet Nine. But it might be difficult to see officially. There are ways to see planets and stars and black holes and stuff like that. But to uh, get like a photograph of it is a whole other story. In October of 2017, NASA released a statement saying planet nine may be 20 times farther from the sun than Neptune is. Neptune is currently the farthest out planet that we count in our solar system. It's very far away, people. This planet nine might be 20 times farther from the sun than Neptune is. Going as far and NASA is going as far as to say it is now harder to imagine our solar system without a planet nine than with one so nasa is saying we really think this is legit at this distance this is why it's hard to really put the nail in the coffin on this at this distance the equivalent of 600 astronomical units which uh here's a little explanation an astronomical unit is the distance from the earth to the sun so this Planet 9 is 600 times farther away from the sun than Earth is. 600 times farther away. Which means if you are at Planet 9 looking at the sun, the sun will be a 6th, 6 hundredth of the size as uh, it would look like from here. I don't recommend you go stare at the sun tomorrow, but uh, if you glance at it real quick, imagine... Glancing and seeing one six hundredth of that. That is what the sun would appear to be size-wise from planet nine. And uh, space, outer space isn't totally translucent. There's some stuff. So if you're actually looking from the planet to the sun, it's going to be really dim. Not just 600 times dimmer. This is saying that... um, The sun would just be incredibly dim. It's not even worth saying the number. It would be... Which means that this planet would be very, very cold. Very, very cold indeed. All right. I'm already done. What is this? It's not a planet we can travel to. Maybe, hopefully, it's a planet that we can photograph. They're saying it's ten times the size of Earth, which would make it pretty darn big. And it'd be really cold. And it could take a long time to really take a photograph of this. All right, I'm back next week, people. Oh, I'm loopy.